Welcome to the Family OS Podcast. I'm Kate. And I'm Tanner. We're obsessed with creating the family life we desire, and we call it the Family Operating System. Join us each week to learn how to improve communication, be in control of your future, and love life. Welcome to the Family OS Podcast. My name is Kate Wendell. I'm here with my husband, Tanner. And yeah, yeah. today we have guests, Tony and Elisa DiLorenza. They are co-hosts of the Top Marriage Podcast, The One Extraordinary Marriage Show. They speak to a worldwide audience about sex, love, commitment, and challenge everyone to make their relationship a priority, which we love and super passionate about as well. They have their six pillars of intimacy that have transformed countless marriages. And the ideas are simple, practical, and powerful, which that is what we want for <laughs> marriages and couples to be able to implement, right? So you'll be inspired to look into your marriage through their new lens that they can share with us today and be encouraged by just some of these common sense approaches that you offer. And so we are so happy to have you a part of the show. So welcome. Thank you for having us. We're thrilled to be here. Yes, we are. Awesome, awesome. Awesome. Well, we're excited to have you here and talk through some of these things because I think that's really what, you know, couples want is those practical steps. Simple. We don't want to overwhelm ourselves when we're already overwhelmed. But before we kind of dive into all of that, can you just share with us like how you guys met and just sort of your journey and how you got to this place to start the one extraordinary marriage? All right. So we're going to, we're going to do like, we're going to do a quick, because we've been, we've known each other for 27 years. Uh, Alisa and I met in Boulder, Colorado. I had just turned 21. She was 19. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was working at our fraternity house where her internship program that she was a part of, they used our, our house for the summer and the directors before they all came said, Hey, you guys who are working here, we just want you to be friendly with the students. We're like, okay, we can be friendly with the students. And I mean, we, you know, we're students too. And uh, Elisa and I just got a little more friendly than I think they were thinking when they said that. I think they wanted um, the, the fraternity guys to hang out with us. And, you know, here we are 27 years later. So um, it worked out for me. Yeah. Yeah. It worked out awesome. And, and, so that's where we started, but we did long distance for a year after that. She she went back to Indiana. I still stayed in Colorado. And so we had a, a year of distance and trying to navigate that as, you know, 20, 20 young 20 year olds. Mm -hmm. um, and then we, we ended up getting together after she graduated from college, did some traveling. We ended up back here in uh, Southern California. And that's where we got married. I was 23. She was 22. And uh, we're about to celebrate 25 years. So it's, it's been a crazy long haul, but it, it's, you know, in those early years, just like most couples, it's crazy. You're trying to figure each other out mm -hmm. and, and it was tough. It was, it was tough. Really we, tough. We had a lot of ups and downs. Uh, I think more downs and ups if I were to, to be truthfully honest with you. And uh, at year 11, we had a five and a two year old and we just were in this spot of you know, do we just hang out until the kids turn 18 and then get a divorce? Like, we're just going to, we're going to just make it work during these 18 years, or at least till they turn 18. And then we'll, we'll get out of this thing. Are we going to just get divorced now? Or are we going to get radical? And so we chose the third option and we got radical in our marriage. Yeah. It's been a journey. 
it's been a journey. It's not been all rainbows and unicorns for sure. And, and it's really going, okay, you know, what does it take? I think what we had to get to when we were at our worst spot is, you know, asking the question, you know, what's it going to take for us to not just survive marriage, but to thrive? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And just think if you would have chose option one, you'd be coming up on your divorce date here pretty soon, right? We'd be about three, two and a half years away. Yeah. Our youngest is 15 and a half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. And, and honestly, I mean, that's, you know, a big part of what drives us to intentionally grow in our marriage and have these conversations and, you know, put out this content is, I guess, I don't, we had that realization. I've been, I had a short marriage before, um, got divorced, learned a ton of lessons. But then I started to look and, you know, as friends got older and people that I knew got older and I was like, whoa, this is a real problem for people in their late 40s, 50s, early 60s, like divorce in the droves of people that I know and like coworkers that I had that I talked to and like, oh, yeah, I got divorced. One guy in particular married 28 years, didn't see it coming, totally blindsided by a divorce after his kids moved off to college and his kids were like yeah we knew that was going to happen he was like the only one that didn't know (laughs) and so (laughs) so it's stuff like that i mean i'm glad you say like hey these are the options we had because i think those are the options anybody has right are we Mm going to survive it are we going to grow are we just going to kind of coast and hold our breath as long as we can and uh i i just like i appreciate what you guys put out and what you do and i'm interested to know like how did it go from you doing what you needed to for your marriage to then actually helping other people? Yeah. So um, we were invited to speak at a marriage conference and we, we got up there. I think we had like 15 or 20 minutes to speak and we, and we shared how we'd gotten really radical. And for us, you know, it had started this whole transformation process. It started with us doing a 60 days of sex challenge. And we ended up completing 40 out of 60. We get asked to speak at this marriage conference. We share which, which is which is a big high five. I mean, that's that's a lot of work, man. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Days, man. That's a lot of work. <laughs> and so so we share this, and all the guys wanted to high five Tony. They yeah. were all like, that is the most epic thing I've ever heard. And all the women like leaned back in their seat, crossed their arms, and was like, mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. believe this is happening right before date night at yeah. this marriage retreat, right? Like, I can't believe now I have to go listen to my husband and say, hey. That's a good idea. Let's do this. Um, But it was, that was on a Saturday of that marriage conference. Sunday, we walked back into the room and we had all these people asking us, well, well, what's next? Uh What are you guys going to do next? And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? I'm like the most epic wife ever. Cause like I said, yes to this. I did it. Like I, I, there doesn't need to be a next. Um, And that's where we started going. Something could be next. It's it's interesting because at that point in time, even for us in our own marriage, where we were, mm-hmm. we were just at a place where like we were finally getting things moving in our marriage. Mm-hmm. We felt like we were on the same team finally and things were just rolling. It was just like, oh, okay. And so when everybody was saying what's next, really in our own minds, it's like we're going to just keep rolling the way we're doing that. We had a five and a two-year-old. Elisa was a stay-at-home mom um, doing some direct sales stuff. I was running my own business. We were cool. It wasn't until like a year or so after that um, we really started going, there's something here. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we knew when we were going through those tough times is that there was never anybody there to just talk to us. I felt like a lot of folks in the marriage industry or marriage niche, they're older. And they would just say, hey, go take your wife out on a date and romance her. I'm like, what does that look like? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Where they say, the two of you need to have a conversation. You need to communicate better. What does that mean? Right. Like, so it was just sort of frustrating. And and Elise and I just got to this place was like, you know what? 
it was back when blogging was big. So we started trying to write stuff and it's hard in marriage to try to get all the nuances of what's happening. And a friend of ours said, Hey, there's this thing called podcasting. I'm like, well, what's that? It's like, you can have your own radio show. I'm like, great. This is 11 and a half years ago. People didn't even know what podcasting was. It wasn't part of yeah, my right. life. Nothing. I'm like, great. How do I get set up? He's like, Hey, here's a podcast coach. Go set up. So <laughs> I bought all the stuff and it sat in our home for three months. <laughs> That's not too bad. I was going to say that's better than some of the rates that we've got over here of things getting implemented. Move it to the garage. So it was sitting right by the garage door. Yeah. So inside the house. So every time we went in and out of the garage, I'd have to look at this box. Oh, constant reminder. What what are we doing with this? And in January 2010, 2010. Yeah. We popped open the equipment, sat behind the microphones, and you know, I look back. If I had known now that we were going to be you know, doing this for over a decade. I'm like, Oh, we should have recorded, like had a video of that first, <laughs> that first blooper. Um, yeah. But it was, it was saying, you know what, what can we, like when Tony first suggested podcasting, I was like, we're only going to do five, 10 shows. Like nobody's going to listen. Yeah. Right? For this People, couple here in San Diego, who's going to listen, what's going to happen. And, and we got into it and it was just like, Oh, this is free. Mm-hmm. And for yeah. us, it was really like one extraordinary marriage the one part is the two shall become one. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. has another meaning for us is that we just wanted to impact one couple. Mm-hmm. We felt like if we could just save one couple's marriage, one couple who maybe a plateaued and can go to extraordinary, what a blessing that would be. And we've just been blessed to do that thousands of times over. And, and so that's yeah. where it all sort of came together for us. And we just started hitting our stride little by little. And, oh, wow, we're learning more about each other too while we talk. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. We are definitely doing that. We've learned, we've learned, and just also recognizing some of the things that we're going through that maybe is a sticking point that, oh, another couple is going through the same thing, or maybe someone who's been able to help couples through that particular issue and have ways that we're not thinking about, you know? And I think that's, what's really valuable. And what we've really wanted out of this podcast is to be that resource for people to say, you're not alone in this. Marriages are going through this like all the time, all around the world. And it is a struggle and it is work. And you might feel like you're in a place that's like, oh my gosh, am I, am I out or am I in? And how you could just do some small, simple things that can start to change the trajectory of keeping and saving your marriage. So it's just so important to recognize that like we all go through this. Like, and I say this really for myself because I grew up where I thought, you know, my family was labeled like the beaver cleaver family. Like we were, we were just, you know, all picture perfect. And I thought that that's really what marriage was. And then I get married and I'm like, Oh (laughs) no, it's not. And, and we had blended, you know, a blended family, um, you know, topics and issues and things on top of it. Like a 90% divorce rate in my immediate family. I've been through divorce. (laughs) Like, we're like yeah. a tsunami and she's like, whoa, I well, thought, and I was this like, is no, not no, like, what I thought. Oh no. <laughs> very, very different dynamics. And I got pregnant right after we got married. So then I'm hormonal and having a baby on top and of a it. Stepmom. Yeah, and a stepmom. It a yeah, it was, yeah, it was rough, but that's the thing, right? Like it, it may look different. The circumstances may be somewhat different for each marriage, but every marriage when you're, you know, one year in five, seven, like everyone's going through something and it's seasons of life. And you just have to say, am I in or am I out? And then figure out, you know, what that looks like. And, and I, and since we, you know, we talked about this, this seven days of sex challenge and, you know, kind of touching on that. 
just before we kind of go into that and sort of these levels of, you know, pillars of intimacy, define what you call intimacy, because like you were saying, men are like, cool, woo, in the bedroom, great, all, you know, all is good. Women want something different. It looks different for men and women. So how would you define in intimacy and how people can recognize that within their marriage? I'll, I'll, can I say something real quick? Yeah. Families. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna, after setting marriages for 11 plus years now, intimacy, when most people think of it, they say sex. Yeah, right. They say, that's what they say. That's what they think. And and I was there, and I think Elisa mm-hmm. would say we were we were both there for so long, and yet there's so much more to intimacy than just sex. Um, and so that I just wanted to preface that because I think a lot of people just automatically just go there, and that's not what it's only about in marriage. Well, and you know when you think about who you are, I mean. Intimacy itself is connection and closeness, right? Mm-hmm. And we're talking mm-hmm. about it. Right. But the reality is, is that I don't care who you are. You can't be having sex 24 seven, right? <laughs> I, I, it's simply impossible. So you really have to look at, you know, what are the different areas of a marriage where husband and wife can have connection and closeness? And that's really what we started to discover all the, all those years ago, even when we did our 60 day sex challenge, we found that while the sexual intimacy had been the catalyst, mm-hmm. What actually happened was that our marriage was transformed in all of these different areas, our emotional intimacy, how we you know, were vulnerable with one another, the things that we were able to talk about that shifted, you know, how we were physical with one another outside of the bedroom, because, you know, physical intimacy and sexual intimacy are two very different things. You know, he likes to be touched in certain ways that has nothing to do with sex, vice versa. You know, what it looked like for our financial intimacy mm-hmm. when, you know, because money is uh, whether you have joint accounts or separate accounts, money is a factor and your finances are a factor totally. in marriage. And so, you know, those were the first three that we really started to dig into. Yeah. And then you have your spiritual intimacy. What does that look like for the two of you? Are you, uh, you know, praying together? Are you doing a devotional? Mm-hmm. Th- those those ebbs and flows, too, through different seasons of life. And it's OK to realize, like, hey, right now we're just in a worship zone. Like. Mm-hmm. Worship music is on, and we're 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 rocking and rolling. And other times, it's like, hey, we're just we're just sitting down and we're doing a devotional together, you know. And then you have recreational intimacy, which is those activities. What are you doing? I mean, you guys are in Colorado, for goodness sakes. I mean, you look outside your door, and there's recreation everywhere. It's yeah, hundred like, okay, percent. Doing today, like, <laughs> and then finally, yeah. your sexual intimacy, and that's how you you connect through foreplay and your sexual. Um, sexual connection. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the sex challenge grew, uh, because you guys were actually teaching some other class or you're doing something else in your church, right? Like this wasn't just like some like, Hey, let's do this out of the sky. Like talk a little bit more about like why that became important even initially for you. So we were leading a small group at our church, you know, some people call okay. it home groups, connect groups, small whatever. groups, whatever, whatever we call it. And yeah, Tony had reached out. Um, he called me one day. He was out working. Keep, keep in mind, I've got, you know, a two-year-old running around. And he's like, I think we should do a small group study and we should talk about sex. Like that was the initial conversation. And to this day, I can remember pulling the phone away from my ear, laughing and making all kinds of snarky faces at the phone because we weren't having sex. And it's one of the areas that I felt like having been in the church for so long, it was an area that, again, as I was struggling and trying to figure out, like, how do I connect with my wife? That's not talked about. It's just very, it's just sort of like, ah, oh, let's not go there. And I'm like, well, why can't we go there? Because we all have kids. We must know how this works. <laughs> exactly. 
Oh, well, that, that was, that's me. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> and so, you know, we, we found this book called Intimacy Ignited. Mm-hmm. And that was what we were using in our small group study. And we had just, we shared with the group. We're like, nobody has to do this but us. We're just letting you know in terms of accountability. But we're going to attempt while we're leading this group to have 60 days of sex because it was an eight-week study. And, you know, it helped having the accountability of other people because they, you know, check in with us, like, how's it going? Um, (laughs) Once a week during our our group. But it was also sharing with them all of the other things that we were discovering about marriage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how, you know, it's not just sex, great sex that makes a great marriage. It's having all of these other areas, the other five pillars, in addition to the sexual intimacy, having those all get strengthened. All of a sudden, you've got these supports for your marriage that, you know, when you understand the six pillars, you can actually tackle any area of conflict. You can tackle any area of, of, you know, discord, discontent, whatever. And you can look at it and go, what do we need to do to strengthen this pillar or pillars? Interesting you bring that up to Tanner, because I think every single couple in that small group, we're going back 13 years now. I think they're all wow. still married. I'd have to think, I, I have wow. to go looking through across the room, but I think every single one of those couples are still married yeah. today. I think you're right. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. I just got chills. I'm like, that's amazing. You yeah. know what you guys did basically out of your struggle. Right. And I, and I think that's one of the things that fascinates me about, you know, sort of what you said earlier about the industry and, and like your marriage advice was like, you need to talk, take your wife on a date. And it's like, uh, what does that look like? Right. Especially what does that look like in a quarantine or a not, or just a 2021, you know, modern society, like, what does that actually look like? And so I'd love to know, I mean, to, to what Kate was saying, I think probably some of our best conversations and podcast episodes have come out of things that like we were dealing with, or we didn't really want to deal with, right? Like we're, we're definitely learning that sort of excavating that, that pain can be really valuable for us, but also for other people. And so I just, you know, I'd love to know like what you guys have seen over the last decade or so. The question we get often, people are like, what do we, what do you do? We're like, well, we help people with their marriage. You're like, are you marriage counselors? We're like, no, we're not counselors. (laughs) We don't have anything against therapists. We talk to a therapist regularly, but we're not therapists. So I just love for you to talk about this idea because you guys are in the coaching world. I'm sure you've seen your share of therapists. Like, how do you think it's different for somebody to come from the place of, hey, here's my experience and here's my pain and let me coach you versus let me maybe give you a, you know, a psychological evaluation or let's dig around in your past. Like there's different modalities to address the pain. So I just love to hear you guys talk about your experience kind of with those differences. Yeah. So I've been coaching. I do all the coaching here at One Extraordinary Marriage and I've been coaching for nine years, eight, 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 years. eight nine, wow. I don't know, long time. Hundreds, yeah. Like I actually counted up. I'm like, I've had hundreds and hundreds of clients. Um, and a lot of folks that have come to coaching after having been in therapy and we have great friends who are therapists like, yeah. like you, nothing against therapy. It's a different coaching is a different modality. What right. I hear from a lot of people is that they need in, you guys said it earlier, um, Kate specifically, you said it, you know, just that practicality mm-hmm. help me with strategy. A lot of people have done the self-reflection, right? They, they, they know what's in their past. They know what their cycles are. But like I had um, one gentleman I was speaking to yesterday and he was telling me about his experience with therapy because it was, well, he goes, it was a lot of observation and insight. He goes, but, but I needed help to go. How do I, how do I break these patterns? Mm-hmm. What are, what are the practical steps? What are the action items? It's why in our show, 
you know, practically every episode will end with just some suggestions. Like, here's how you're going to take action this week. Yeah. Uh, two of the big things I think we believe in and why we believe in coaching is for couples is as long as you're coming and you are going to be intentional mm -hmm. and you're going to take action, something's going to shift. And yeah. I think for myself, even getting behind the podcast, like Elisa's saying at the end of the show, um, every episode, I mean, we'll go through it. And then it, my, my last bit is 20 or 30 seconds in, in whatever it may be. Let's say like, we're just talking about taking on a, doing a sex challenge. It, it may be just be like, Hey, as you're finishing up today, as you're thinking, how are you going to be intentional and how are you going to take action in your marriage? Because one small step could mean the difference between having the extraordinary marriage and not. Yeah. And so to me, that's what coaching is about. It's like, hey, you're going in. Like if I hire a coach, I'm big into cycling. I've been into fitness. Mm -hmm. I, I've done all that sort of stuff. And I've hired coaches along the way. My coaches were there to push me and to hold me accountable. Mm -hmm. And so I had to be intentional. Like my coach said, hey, do this. And I go do that. You know, I had to take some action. And if I didn't, he'd be going like, well, why didn't you do that? Well, right. <laughs> I feel like it. I, yeah. you know, this happened, but it got me, it got me back on. He, he would get me or she would get me back on track. And I'd be like, okay, I need to be intentional again about mm -hmm. this. And I take a step again. And it's the same thing in our marriage. For some reason in our marriage and in our society goes, well, if it's, if it's not working, it's broke. So get rid of it and just throw it yeah. out. And, and we're like, no, just, you got a degree off. And if you get a degree off for a long amount of time, you could be way off. So, yeah. How do we just get you back on? How can we get you to be intentional again? How can we get you to take action on this trail right here so we can get you moving? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I think because as we talk about it, and we're not a... We're not an anti-divorce. I've been through divorce. I believe there's situations where it's like, hey, I made a wrong choice. Oh, yeah. Um, but I do I do agree with you. And I'm part of, you know, just se several free, free Facebook groups for men where they're like, I have a problem in my marriage. And there's a hundred comments. It's like, leave her, call a lawyer, like <laughs> divorce. And I'm like, oh, man, these poor guys that are just asking for, you know, free advice in here. And it's a free for all because what I know to be true from my own experience is like, you're just going to go repeat the same patterns with somebody else, right? Like you literally just trade names and faces and people wonder why, like, Oh, uh, uh, two times in a row, three times in a row. And it's like, at a certain point, you got to start looking at, at who's doing the picking here and, and not who's being picked. So, right. you know, I, I think that's a really great point of you got together for a reason. Chances are you can get it back on track if you're willing to work on it. And, and I'm wondering like, uh, hundreds of clients uh, over a decade doing this, you know, whether it's one of the six pillars that sticks out or something else, like, is there like one thing if it's like, Hey, what's the most common problem married people have? Like, what's that top thing that comes oh, up? Oh, wow. The most common. The most common. <laughs> wow. That's a big one. Kate, do you know? I'm like, <laughs> well, <laughs> I, well, as we were, as we were, <laughs> I mean, as we were kind of prepping through and like knowing, you know, that we were going to talk with you guys, like one of the things that we see common as their biggest struggle, which is a very broad topic, but it's communication. Like this yeah. is the thing that like everyone's struggling with. And again, it's broad. So boil that down to exactly what's happening within the specific marriage and, and that relationship. Then, you know, then you get a little bit more detailed, but I, I, I am like, yeah, I, I guess. And even if it's not one thing, but I think where, where we're going is, 
you know, what are the, the common struggles that you're seeing and how are you help? Like, what are some of those practical steps, you know, for our audience who's yeah. listening, yeah. you know, what are like, what is that one or two things that they can say, you know what, I'm going to try to do that at home and see how things might start to shift. So yes, I would 100% yeah. say, um, communication on many different levels. One, because right. Um, we hide behind these fabulous little devices, mm, which are, you know, the adult phone. Yep, also known right. as the phone for those of you that can't see it. Um, <laughs> they audio. yeah, it happens. Um, and so we're used to, you know, 140 characters. We're used to, you know, all caps if I'm angry. We're used to, you know, I'm just going to type whatever's on my head and, and it's okay because I can, you know, put a post up on social media and I don't have to worry about your feelings, right? Because I can just say whatever I want. I don't. And, and then we come into our conversations with our spouse and we're like, I'm just going to do all the same thing. So mm -hmm. why are you, why are you responding like that? Mm -hmm. And we don't, and we've got teenagers. So we're seeing this even too, that there are a lot of communication skills that aren't being developed mm -hmm. because right. of the devices. And then people wonder why it's so hard. They wonder, like Tony was saying, well, if you're not responding the way I think you should respond, then clearly the problem is you and I should move on to somebody right. who's going to, you know, give me that rush and, instead of saying, yeah. wait a minute. <laughs> I liked you enough at one point in time to say I do. So let's figure out what we need to strengthen. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of, you know, a lot of pe people will ask us, well, how do you and Tony have the conversations that you do? And we'll tell them for 11 and a half years, yeah. we have had at least one 30 to 60 minute conversation every week. You want to have great communication in your marriage, mm -hmm. make time to put all of the phones away, to turn off the TV, to turn off the computer, to put the kids to bed and sit down or walk next to your spouse and have a conversation about something different every week. I mean, that's what you guys are doing. That's what we're doing. And, and watch what happens when you can get real and vulnerable and messy and, you know, funny all at the same time. Yeah. It, and it's a journey. It's, it's one that you got to be willing to go on when it comes to your emotional intimacy in that, in that area. And, and, Sometimes it's it's allowing space for your spouse to move. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I learned over the years. A lot of our earlier episodes, I would, if, if I got uncomfortable, I would speak over Elisa because I was just like, ah, this is, this is uncomfortable. But you start to learn stuff. And because what, I, what I've learned is when it comes to emotional intimacy and communication, it's a skill and it can be learned. You can learn it. Like right now, like if, if your communication isn't great, it's okay. You can learn it. You can learn how to connect with your spouse. Uh, Elisa and I never in, in our wildest dreams thought maybe when our early years of marriage that we would be able to talk like this and get over frustrations with one another when we have those as we do now. And I've seen it in ourselves and those in the one family who have been able to, to step in and, and be open, honest and transparent with one another. That communication, those communication skills are something that you can learn no matter where you're at in life. One of the things that you brought up in uh, one of your podcast episodes is about keeping score. And this is something that we've, you know, we've talked about as well, where like you and your spouse are on the same team, right? Like it's not, you know, the red versus the blue. It is, you know, just one team. And so how are you going to work together, have those conversations, make decisions, because you're on the same team, right? So, um, so, so, and I think this really ties into the communication part because when you're having those conversations, it's not about, you know, like if I'm going to listen to Tanner about certain things, it's not about me to sit here and judge him and say, you know, this is, 
this is wrong or we can't do that or, you know, like pointing fingers at like, we're not going to do it this way, right? Because my way is the right way, right? We have this saying like, you could be right or you can be happy, right? <laughs> um, and so, so I just, you know, maybe just elaborate on that. Like how, like you don't keep score, like how a couple who's listening right now or someone who's listening right now and it's like, oh my gosh, this is what we have all the time in our household. Like he thinks he's right. I think I'm right. Like, how do you even break that pattern? Like, where do you start to even start breaking that pattern? Well, part of it is just identifying, you know, a lot of times in marriage, we're just like, oh, this isn't working. But to actually take that step back and go, where are we keeping score? You know, mm. two of the most common areas where we see couples keep score um, is around like the household chores tasks, mm-hmm. you know, like laundry, the dishwasher, yeah. trash, mowing the lawn, what, whatever. Yeah. So we see yeah. it there. We see it around sexual intimacy, right? Who's initiating more, who's not initiating at all. What mm. is that? Like, you know, I'm just waiting for you to initiate that type of thing. And then as I was saying that the third one is probably around parenting, um, you know, yeah. who's Who's got the responsibility for the kids? Do you know how many diapers I've changed today? You know, <laughs> right? I was up three times last night with your child. You know that type of thing. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes. Yeah, I mean, right. you guys have got little ones. You know, right? Yeah. And yeah. So part of like the number one thing that a couple can do is identify where the challenge is. Give it a name mm-hmm. because if you know what you're, you know, it's like you were saying. If you're on the same team, you have to know who your opponent is because it's not your spouse. What's the actual problem that you're facing? that the two of you are facing, give it a name. And then you start to go, okay, well, what are your strengths in dealing with this? Mm. Right? How can we look at, mm-hmm. you know, the most successful teams know the strengths of their players right. and, yeah. and they have the key players in the key positions at the right time. Same thing's true mm-hmm. in marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's Play just remembering you. like you're on the same team and it's hard at times. Like we want to, we want to battle one another. And yet it's like, how do we get, how do we get on that same page and just go like, we're in this together. Yeah. yeah. One, one thing you said, Tony, in the last response that, that I want to just sort of highlight specifically from a, from a men per, male perspective. Cause I, I, you said that and I'm like, Oh, I'm the same way when I get uncomfortable, like whether it's just us talking or if we're talking to a group, like I'm like, like, hold on, let me buzz in here and mow you down uh, and just kind of cover up whatever you might, you might say. But from a, like, I'd love to know, you know, just your experience, your journey, like as a man, because I think our culture tells us like, oh, that's weak or your wife's wearing the pants. But like the flip side of that sort of, I'll just say ignorant view around like the strength and vulnerability, like, I'll like, controlling your emotions, not getting angry, allowing her to be heard. Like, did you grow up that way? Was this something that you sort of had to develop? Like, just talk about that a little bit from- I wasn't growing up that way, not one bit. (laughs) This was definitely skill development. Yeah. 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 I was not, my folks were married 46 years before dad passed. Um, Something like that, 46, 46, 47 years before, before my dad passed away. Um. In growing up, no, I didn't see it. My dad, my dad wasn't a man of a lot of words. Um, my mom never, um, rocked the boat. So I really didn't see much of anything like growing up. Every once in a while, dad would get mad if we, we brought something up. Like I remember one time trying to talk about sex around the table and he's like, Whoa, don't talk about that around the holy table <laughs> and all this table. stuff, the sacred table and all this stuff. I'm like, All right. Well, I guess we don't talk about that here. From an early age, man, you were just like, Let's talk about <laughs> it. Huh? We got married. That was, oh, not- okay. Uh, I thought he was like six. To- like, <laughs> no, no, but he would just, he would be like that. So it wasn't something that was 
that I learned from an early age. I think it's truly been, I think I got to a point where I was just like, I want this. I love Elisa. I, I yeah. truly do. And, and I think we got to get down to that point again I, to, to really just go, do I love her? Mm. Do I love my husband? Why did I get to, why did I, why did I, why did we get together? What was it that, that brought us together? What was it that, that just endeared my heart to her when I was 21, 22 years old? And I think I just got to a point of going, I, I want that. Like, I want that. I want that joy again mm-hmm. and willing to just take away and not listen to what the stereotypes of everything should be and how mm-hmm. we should live and just going like, you know what? I'm just going to live because mm-hmm. in the day, and I saw it with my dad taking his last breath. At the end of the day, I want to know that she's by my side. And that's all that really matters. Because when I take my final breath, as long as she's there by my side, we've done an amazing job living life to the fullest. Um, and so I was just willing to go down that road. And, and talking, though, allowed me to do that. And, and learning. And, and, and we would have arguments on, on an episode and we'd have them off. And we still have them. And we still are learning. And we're still growing. But it's... It's one where we can, we've given each other space to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's okay because like you said, we're on the same team. So we're going to fight together. And I also feel like now uh, we've gotten to a place where our arguments are almost somewhat comical. You know, like we point out, like we, we're now we're arguing and we're, we're laughing at each other's differences of like what I'm worked up about or what he's worked up about. And now it's becoming you know, more of just a lighthearted argument rather than like, oh, I just like, you know, dug the knife into my soul kind of thing, which, you know, which was how it was in the beginning. Like we, you're, you're, it's, it's such a, it's taken as such a personal attack that, you know, a lot of couples are feeling when you can actually just say, okay. And, and as you, uh, you know, you guys, talk about with your clients and what we talk about is that intentional future, right? That intentional marriage. And so when you're very clear about where you're going and what matters to you as, as a marriage, as a couple, as a family, then your, you, your arguments don't have to be as drawn out and these personal attacks. Cause you're like, well, why are we arguing about this? This has nothing to do with actually where we want to go. Yeah. Right. And yeah, who took the, who took the trash out yeah. this week does not uh, get us to, living in our dream house or, or something like that. Right. right? Or it's, the vacation just, we want to go on. Or, right. But yeah, but I think when you don't have a clear path, it, like right. anything, you know, anything will get you stirred up, right? It's like, oh, well, we should have an argument. And I, that was, <laughs> I mean, I grew up with that sort of template of like marriage was challenging. You argued and it's like, I guess I better find some stuff to argue about, <laughs> you know, versus like, let's be clear about where we're going and then deal with any challenges that come up along that way. Yeah. And Kate, to that point, one of the practical things that a a couple can do is actually start to really get clear on what they want their marriage legacy to be. I I do this exercise with my clients a lot where I'm like, what, what do you want your kids to learn about marriage? And I, you know, you guys share that you've got little ones. And, and so like, I've worked with couples that have kids under five and I'm like, what do you want them to learn about marriage? And when a couple gets really clear, you know, we want, we want our kids to learn about, and it doesn't matter if you've got teenagers, this is not too late. If you've got kids in college, still do the exercise, but you know, we want our kids to learn that we're affectionate. We want our kids to learn resiliency. We want our kids to see that, you know, couples work through arguments. We want our kids to whatever it is, or, and if you don't have kids, what do you want the community around you to learn about marriage? You know, not just the Instagram perfect, 
But the real life about marriage, when a couple has that vision, Tara, like you were saying, then all of a sudden they start putting into action what they need to do to make that vision a reality. And so it's yeah. getting super clear on what your marriage vision is. And it's a really fun exercise for a husband and wife to do individually and then bring it together as a couple to yeah. go, okay, let, let's do what it takes to make that vision a reality. Yeah. yeah, that's that's awesome. I mean, we actually just had a conversation with our therapist earlier, and she's like, everybody wants to, specifically around kids, everybody wants to parent from their words, but they respond best to your actions, mm-hmm. right? And so if you're like, well, I want my kids to know this, this, and this about marriage, and it's like, simple, okay, are you, like, are you demonstrating that? <laughs> and if the answer is no, it's like, oh, okay, that's what we need to focus on, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think, I think, marriage and relationships and communication and all of this stuff can be very challenging and complicated if you're let it right if if you're not looking at it with clarity but i love like that vision exercise and some of the other stuff you guys have talked about like it's it's not anything major right it's these small steps done daily one of the first personal development books either one of us read before we even knew each other was the compound effect by darren hardy Oh yeah. And it's, it's literally, you know, the synopsis is the small stuff you do every day adds up to be really big stuff. And it's not these sort of one-time events or big things that, that are life-changing that at least I know for me, I thought like, Oh, I don't know, you know, something's going to happen, <laughs> fall from the sky. Like something's going to happen to change this. And it's like, no, man, the good news is like, you're in control of it every day. And I, I think that's good news for everybody, you know, and, and our belief, Family OS, the concept family operating system is really that we all are designing what we want intentionally, or you're going to live by default. And I don't know about you, but like, I don't want to raise my kids to whatever the standards were 20 years ago, let alone 50 or 100, right? If you think about how we were parented as kids based on what our parents received, a lot has changed. And so we just want to add that modern context to, to what it means to, you know, create a marriage, create a family that, that you love. And, uh, just so appreciate people, you know, such as yourselves for, for taking the time and sharing your decade plus worth of experience and, and blood, sweat and tears from your marriage. Um, for anybody that's listening, uh, one extraordinary marriage.com. Is that the best place to check everything out with you guys? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's the best. Yeah. Tons of resources, several books. We've got yeah. a couple of them. I forgot to bring them down to the studio, but we've got a couple of your guys' books. And awesome. I just think, you know, we from the little uh, sex package. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We also spill the beans, right? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we, a place where people might need a need a friendly place to just go buy that stuff and just like, hey, yeah. Yeah. No worries. Nope. We use them too. So here you go. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I mean, married, honestly, like, like if you go to some of the other podcasts that that talk about this stuff and promote it. It's like literally going to the Walmart of sex toys. And it's like, <laughs> I'm kind of new here. I'm not really sure you guys make it easy. It's like, yo, read this book, order this stuff, use this lube and this vibrator and like, have a great time. Like, Don't think about it any more than you have to just put in your credit card and let us hook you up. So I love that. We did it. Uh, when we knew that we were going to have you guys on, we're like, Hey, let's go check their stuff out. And I'm like, Oh, market research, business expenses. <laughs> love it. So yeah, we, we love what you guys have going on. And, and again, just appreciate the time. Awesome. Thank you so much. And yeah, we're, we're grateful for every couple that steps into the marriage space that says, 
what can we do yeah. to yeah. strengthen marriages? And so getting to spend this time with you guys has been an honor and a privilege as well. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. And, and we'll, we'll stay connected. You know, we've got more things that, you know, we're, we're brewing for, for the end of the year and next yes. year. And, and uh, we'll see how our paths can cross again. Definitely. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Tony and Elisa, thank you guys so much. Take care. Awesome. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Family OS Podcast. We have a special gift that we'd love to give you. Text us the word POD, P-O-D, to 720-459-4219, and we'll text you back. Until next time.